Welcome into episode 148 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. This is the Reputation Edition, right? Yeah, we'll get into that. And Jamie Eisen. I feel like we're going to have a lot of bad blood by the time this episode ends. I think we already do. I think Chris is having an existential crisis over there. Uh, and I'm Luke Lipinski. Yeah, we're not even calling him leftovers today. And also, we don't have those barriers up between the microphones yeah, that I'm used to having. Much more intimate podcast now. This is awkward. <laughs> Suddenly very awkward. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the fact that 50% of this podcast was at a Taylor Swift concert earlier this week? Uh, I, I mean, I guess. Okay. I, it, it seems to be uh, our listeners responded to my, my tweet about being there and Chris's quote tweet about being there. So I should start the show humming. Taylor Swift. You should probably defend yourself since Chris can't. Uh, well, I think this is very simple. Okay. Um, I am a single man. Okay. And there were, let's just say that there was a lot of talent uh, at this event that I was scouting. Craig, you want to take it from here? So you're a talent scout? Yes, talent scout. Okay. okay. Pro scout. Any sort of requirements to become a talent scout? Um, no, okay. um, I think it's just it's a uh, it's a natural progression mm. of things I've learned over the years. Okay, um, you know, uh, contrary to what I talk about on the podcast, not really an analytics guy <laughs> when it comes to this type of, of scouting. It's a you know kind of a feel, just passing the eye test. Yeah, it's pass the eye test. That's usually okay. the, the first step, uh, and then from there, kind of you know, you you, you interview, uh, you, you try to learn a little bit more, uh, see if there's a fit there. How's this working out for you? Uh, I'm, I am still single. Okay, is there a <laughs> wonderlick <laughs> test involved? And moving on. Um, yeah, we, it's, it's sad because Chris is here, but he isn't here. He's depressed. I yeah, want, he's I want the listening audience to know that Chris is here, but he's so upset about something that Jamie almost seems to feel bad for him. Jamie gave him a shoulder rub earlier. I did. I started to feel bad for him. That's work. how bad it was. Well, it is Thursday. Thursday is shoulder I, rub I, Thursday. I, I, is, <laughs> is, is it? Yes. Is that a thing? I don't know. You guys work here. Me and Craig just come in to record the podcast. Uh, Chris and I had a great poker story, but we'll save that for next time. It ended with much sadness, but it's actually not why he is uh, as depressed as he is. I just I learned the hard way that two kings are not better than two fours. All right, we oh, are one of those nights. Yes, one of those nights, right? especially okay. when the uh, the guy flops quad oh, fours. That's right, quad that's fours. Right. Anyway, uh, the poker edition of the Natty Hattie podcast coming soon. I was uh, I was able to. Drown my sorrows in a nice Penguins victory. Oh, no, wait. They lost to Washington. Yeah, so I'm going to do something that I don't do very often, and that's going to be – I'm going to apologize to you, Luke, because you were (laughs) – you you, (laughs) – Jamie is joking. You were were right. I'm sorry. Looking back – I know that was painful for you, so I appreciate the effort you put in. Looking back now, does it not make sense why I thought Washington would win? Yeah, the problem is, is like you, you're the boy who cried wolf for three years on the Penguins. I did not pick Washington last year or the year before. No, but nor did I pick Philadelphia this year. I'm worried a lot, but when we come to making the picks, I'm usually fairly accurate on the Penguins. The only time I can remember being wrong is I thought they would struggle with Columbus last year without Chris Letang, and as it turns out, they struggled this year because of Chris Letang. Yeah. So look how that all worked out. Far cry from when I proclaimed him the most invaluable player on the Penguins that one year. I think Luke did that too. Speaking of accuracy, uh, we can take a look at our records at this point. Almost through two rounds, Luke and I are both 8-3, and three, Jamie and Chris 9-2. and two. Going into an all-important Game 7 between the Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators, we'll get to that in a minute, but on the note, on that note uh, of Pittsburgh's 3 bid ending, where do they go from here? You're seeing a lot of narratives out there that it's over for them, just like the Blackhawks' run was proclaimed over, and that's probably more accurate than Pittsburgh's. Just curious what you think as a guy who follows his team closely. Um, let's see. 
Game two, they had a goal disallowed that should have counted. Game it's all coming down. Was it yeah. like therapy? Game two, three, four, five. They would have won if Matt Murray makes a stop that most adult league goalies make. Or I shouldn't say they would have won, but they lost that game by a goal. Correct? Yes. They they could have won. And game six, he gave up a goal that I've never seen an NHL goalie give up, and they lost that one by one in overtime. So it was not Matt Murray's best series. It was not the best officiated series. Maybe it's just like a Penguins goaltender problem. <laughs> we, we all thought it was Flurry. Maybe it's not. Have you seen the meme out there that it's just a picture of Flurry in his Vegas uniform that said Pittsburgh had a plan B for making sure Washington didn't win the Stanley Cup? <laughs> just spread their players out across the league. I, I'm not saying that to make excuses. I'm just saying that to... When you, I mean, I'm sure Pittsburgh has benefited over the course of winning their last nine series from the odd bounce here or there or a bad call or whatever. Uh, but when you look at who they have back next year, it's pretty much everybody. They've got a couple RFAs, but it's basically their same team coming back, and they were a bounce and a bad save here or there away from losing to Tampa in the third round. And they're not nearly in the same cap hell that the Blackhawks found themselves in, even in the middle of their cup runs. Right which I think matters when you're talking about can they get better and maybe some rest will actually benefit them for that's, a change. And that's what I'm wondering. You're seeing this narrative that, well, they lost some of the, the sort of the uh, the lesser pieces that, that made them greater as a sum from last season's Nick team. Nick Benino and Matt Cullen? Yeah, those, yeah. Are, and those are some important players. But is it so much that or is it more simply that they played so much hockey over the last three seasons that maybe they just ran out of gas? If the question is why didn't they win the Cup, I think losing Benino and Matt Cullen, and we talked about that when this when that happened on this show. Those were two huge losses that you don't necessarily appreciate unless you're watching a team closely and consistently every year. They they probably weren't going to win the cup either way without those guys. If you're asking me why they lost to Washington in the second round, I will default to my Washington for the first time in a long time had no pressure on them, and, and Pittsburgh was worn down. And it was a close series. Just like last year was a close series the other way. I mean, Washington could I mean, have been won close the series. series. Yeah. Just the, the, the results have been one-sided. If you had to tweet the Penguins this offseason, what would you do? I don't know what they can do on defense, but that defense looked like we expected it to look mm-hmm. last year when they won the Cup. Remember how crazy of a story it was that they won the Cup with that defense last year? They just gave up so many odd man rushes. Yeah. That's the thing that stood out for me this year. Yeah, And that, that's where I'd be looking. I know you mentioned a couple of forwards, obviously, but that's that's the area where I'd be looking. And of course, you need Chris Letang to yeah return to some semblance yes. of a former player. And and I would like because Derek Broussard is still signed for next year. I would actually like the real Derek Broussard and not the guy that they found from like suburban well, Ottawa who just happened to have the same name. Well, yeah, but they stuck him between two like bricks, and they said wonder Thank why you. why he doesn't score. Like I, I just it, Thank you. line mates matter, especially again, especially when you want it. To, they do. Line mates matter. <laughs> yes, they do. Not everybody, not everybody can be what Sidney Crosby was four years ago where he, he turned third liners into first liners. I mean, not everybody can do that. You have to play good players with good players if you want the best results. But I, mean, I know that seems cliche, but... You're, you're going to play Derek Broussard on the third line. Yes. So, I mean, they don't have that much depth. Are you going to pull guys no, off the but, first and second lines to put them on no, the third line? No, you got to have better players around him. If you, but again, you can't, you can't stick Derek Broussard with nobodies and be like, well, why, why, why isn't he lighting up the score sheet? That's where I think you might yeah. think about going young and fast with his wingers. You know, if you're if you're looking at high uh, upside guys, maybe yeah, where you have to have cost certainty anyway, where you have to have affordable players. Maybe that's the direction you go. They're still in a good spot. I mean, Jake Gensel's making seven hundred thirty thousand dollars next yeah. year, and he may have won the Conn Smythe if they had played better defense. So, and that's not a one year wonder. It's, it's no, incredible. It's they, they still have their. I mean, it's really even been two years now plus this year. Mm-hmm. I, they still have their same. 
team. It's basically the exact same team for next year unless they choose to make moves. The only RFAs are Riley Sheehan, Dominic Simone, Brian Rust, Tom Kunuckle, and then Carter Rowney's a UFA, and Jamie Alexiak's an RFA. Those are not key pieces, really. I mean, Brian Rust has been key in the past, scoring like a big goal here or there. But if they lost Brian Rust this offseason, and he's an RFA anyway, I don't think people are going to be like, well, Pittsburgh's done because they lost Brian no. Rust. So however it worked out, and some of it is is Crosby and Malkin taking less money, some of it is drafting well, and some of it is getting lucky that a guy like Jake Gensel is as good as he is for less than a million dollars. But they have the same team next year. So I'm not, I'm not that Patrick worried. Kane and Jonathan Taves? <laughs> they should be listening to the show. Hmm. So on the topic of the team that beat them, Yes, And I said this in the show notes, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I keep seeing this Caps year hashtag. Well, for year for what? Is it just Carl just tweeting it over and over again? No, it's, no. it's, it's a big deal. Search it on Twitter. Yeah, where was that like two weeks ago when everybody was – Also, it's getting significantly – I told you Biz true. picked them all the way to the Stanley Cup yeah, when we did right. our predictions. So I'd, I'd be a much bigger believer in this if I didn't – if there weren't a much better team in front of them. Yeah, they're, look, they're not as good to the next as they two were last year. And the Metro was – it was a down year in the Metro. You had Pittsburgh coming off of back-to-back cups. They were they were gassed. They, they did lose a couple key pieces, as you said. But mostly I think they were gassed. I just st- – I still don't believe in this Washington story. I, I think Tampa's a much better team. If they go ahead and beat Tampa Bay, fine. Okay, it may be the Caps. Well, yeah, if, if they beat Tampa believe, Bay, all, I don't see it all bets are off they beat Tampa Bay. Too. Because, right, I mean – Capitals are the fourth best team remaining in the postseason, no matter who wins the game tonight. Agreed. Yes, I agree with that. They right now they're the fifth best team. That's yes. the, that's the best way to put it. Um, it's it's weird because we haven't seen the Capitals in a situation where they are like clearly the, the worst team yeah. in the series. They're yeah. clearly an underdog to Tampa Bay. Typically, they win their first round series because they're the better team, and then the second round series is always against Pittsburgh, and it's pretty even. And there's a couple overtimes and a couple bounces, and it goes to Game Seven usually. But now. Tampa Bay is better. So, again, I would say there is no pressure on Washington. They have. I don't agree with that. I, I never have agreed with that. You don't agree that there's no pressure? You don't agree I don't that agree gonna... there's no pressure. I, I, I've seen that thread out there, too, that they're playing with house money now, and it's still Washington. That now, Oh, look, they finally slayed the Giant. Now they. this is the year that the Capitals are going to do it. No, they're under pressure again well, they, because they've never done it. They should lose to Tampa, and they definitely would lose to Winnipeg or Nashville. If so it's too. Washington, Vegas, I, I don't know. Maybe. But if it's man, if Vegas gets that close, I think yeah. Vegas is winning it all. If that's you know what? Can we can, let's just go right to that series then? Vegas uh, knocks out San Jose, and you just touched on what I want to what I want to ask. If Vegas gets to the Stanley Cup, how can you pick against them? At that point, they're four uh, wins away from sports history. But if they're pay, playing Tampa Bay, are you are you going to take them over Tampa? No, I mean, but if they get past Nashville, Winnipeg, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the problem. You, both of anybody who comes out of those two series, like if the underdog, whether it's Vegas or. Washington, they're beating a significantly better team, we think, than them to get there, then all bets are off. Like, if, if you can beat a Nashville, you can beat a Winnipeg, you can beat a Tampa Bay, you can beat anybody. If if if, if Vegas played Tampa Bay in a best-of-seven series two weeks ago, I would have picked Tampa in five. Imagine if we have a Vegas Capitals Cup final. That'd be yeah. insane. Can I, I just... I don't want to see it, actually. I don't want Washington in the Cup. Yeah, it's right. not sour grapes. They beat Pittsburgh. I don't want Tom Wilson winning a Stanley Cup. There, <laughs> you devalue the greatest trophy in sports. Um, it would be kind of cool to see Ovechkin play for the Cup, but uh, no. If Vegas was playing Tampa in the first round somehow, I wouldn't even think twice. I would take Tampa in five games. But once Vegas is four wins away from winning the Stanley Cup, uh, it's good. That, that, that would one be a million plus viewers in the Las Vegas market. That's that would be such a fascinating game. 
Because if we were going back to the preseason, if we had to guess who the number one team in hockey would be, we all would have said Tampa Bay. Yes. Who the number 31 team in hockey would be, we all would have said Vegas. I said Vancouver, but the, your point is well taken. But and I then, would have had Vegas like 28. Yeah. Is that your segue into it, this ridiculous discussion is. of Vegas? Yes, it is. That the... It was rigged so that they could. Yeah, the, 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 the salary cap caused this to happen. Oh Vegas, boy! Oh, unbelievable. Right. Are we going to the Ken Campbell column let's, already? Let's, yeah, let, let's let's break oh, it out. Let's, let's the energy. Pick it apart line by line because you can't even get past the first line of Ken story. Campbell's column in the Hockey News without saying welcome what. To, welcome to story time. Can I Maddie Hattie just podcast. first express how upset I am that I had to read more than one paragraph of a Ken Campbell column? <laughs> Because my, my experience reading him in the past, if you don't know who he is, he writes for the Hockey News, so you would assume some credibility. But every story, no matter what it's about, somehow comes back to how hockey shouldn't be played below, I don't know what the latitude is that Canada's border is at. But that line, basically. We have a name for it, don't we? Like the Mason-Dixon yeah. line. Yeah, we really, yeah. maybe the Campbell line. The Campbell line. The bat blue line. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the basic premise of 95% of his stories in the Hockey News. And it kind of went that way again. Do you, do you want to read the opening line? Do you want me to read the opening you, line? You should read we, it. We could just pick these apart line by line. Go I, ahead. Weigh also, your criticism. I, I believe this is how I described it in, in our text thread that also didn't involve Chris, which is which again I wanted. It's important because maybe we that's thought, why he's upset. you tried to involve Chris once and then we, we yeah. Went back can to I just could I, after the show last time I sent out a text thanking Chris for turning the podcast around so quickly because it was posted before the trade even happened that we still have to talk about. Uh, and included him making it a four-person text, and nobody, including Chris, responded to Good. me. Uh, as a preface for this conversation, I described this article as misinformed conclusions wrapped in the cadence of an internet message board rant. Get lo- get ready. <laughs> okay, line one. <laughs> the salary cap was supposed to protect cash-strapped teams, but three sal- – no, this is, this is more of a – yeah, no, let, let me just start here. The, the NHL salary cap has been in existence since the 2004-05 lockout. It has been an unmitigated disaster yes, almost lockout. since its birth. An unmitigated disaster almost since its birth. Okay, let's start there. Any okay. thoughts? An unmitigated disaster. Um, I love having a salary cap. I find myself drawn to hockey and football, and it's not just because I like those sports more than basketball and baseball. It's because the salary cap – Creates competitiveness. Competitive balance? Yes. Have you ever seen the NHL with more competitive balance than it has right now? Have you ever seen the NHL where the season starts and the four favorites you already know are a lock to be the final four teams? Like in, I don't know, one of the other three major sports that are playing their playoffs right now? No, I haven't. Yeah, to answer I, I, my own question. I mean, and for all the talk about, again, the, the Blackhawks dynasty, you know, Blackhawks dynasty, Penguins dynasty, Kings mini dynasty. There's been a lot of different teams that have been in and have won the cup since the damn lockout. And what did the cap do to the Blackhawks dynasty? It ensured that it didn't last as long. Of course, there were other factors in that that we've discussed on the show, but... Stan Bowman's own personal Well, yeah, the NHL can't save bad GMs from themselves unless they give them compliance buyouts again. Here's where it really gets good. Line two. Basically, all it has done is save the big markets in the NHL from themselves and hundreds of millions of dollars in salaries in the process. Okay, so, so again, see the one, Blackhawks. It does not save them from themselves. No, it, 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 it's certainly not on the ice. I guess he's trying to make a financial comparison here that that teams would. It's saving them from spending more actual dollars, I guess, because it certainly has not saved the big teams from themselves. Because we talk every year about what, what's the Blackhawks cap situation, what are the New York Rangers' cap situation, mm-hmm. what is Montreal's cap situation. You know, it has not. It has done nothing for the small market teams. <laughs> Aside from forcing them to spend to a cap floor that exceeds their actual budget budget to spend on players. 
if it has they done can... nothing for small market teams. Let's start right there. Okay. Can I just interject and Are say Are there any small market teams that have had success in the NHL? I can think There's of a couple. couple. There are a couple. There are a couple. Right there. I mean, if you want to go... Yeah. I, I, I want to let Chris make his example, but he's not here. But yeah. the uh, forcing the Blackhawks to trade Artemi Panarin to Columbus oh, yeah. seems so like something that might benefit. There's a pop-up ad that keeps showing up on my phone over the article, and it is more compelling than the article. <laughs> it's just a guy waving his hands a lot, almost as if to tell me to not read it. Yes, there are small market teams that have had success in yes. the NHL. Uh, Winnipeg... Is a small market team. Yeah. Is it it's not? a fairly small city, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, okay. very small. City. I've I'm checked. Just Winnipeg versus New York, about the same size or no? I mean, they're close. There's almost as much as many things Winnipeg to do. Winnipeg is closer to Boise. We're talking market size. On the and Boise, New York spectrum. So I'm sure that the NHL. No geologist, but it's also closer geographically. <laughs> geologically, it's closer. I'll <laughs> make more sense than Ken Campbell's world because it's closer to the border. Yeah, sure. The, the Campbell border, the Campbell line. Um, and Winnipeg, just so we're clear, I believe is uh, still playing. As uh, we they record are. this podcast. They are. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on Ken Campbell's column because it just it's infuriating. But then this one, which we, we all just laughed at. Not a single player, not a single star player, has moved from a have team to a have not franchise because of the cap. Not one. Okay. You just want to stay with Chicago? I was yeah. thinking I could just name my Blackhawk list of stars that have moved from a have team to a have not team because of the cap. Artemi Panarin, yeah. Dustin Bufflin. Bufflin's good, yeah. yeah. Are, yeah are those guys yeah. stars? If they, they, they've been pretty good in yeah, these they're playoffs. Good. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Bufflin might win a cup this year. I mean, I, that won't age well if Winnipeg loses tonight. But either way, they're one of the final five teams, and he's a big reason why. Yeah. Should we at least say what the premise of this story was? Because that was also incorrect. Yes. It, the basic premise was that this because of the salary cap, that's why Vegas is good. Yes. Which it, is... The salary cap has backfired and helped deliver the Golden Knights their top line. And... Which is unbelievably flawed from the very beginning. Do we have... Because, yeah, everyone saw William Carlson being a top-line player. The cap had nothing to do with the, the Blue Jackets having to lose William Carlson. Oh, Everything had to do Carson. with what, what the, th- that deal, the, the rules of the expansion draft, yes. and the fact that nobody on planet Earth thought William Carlson would do what he did this year. Because <sighs> their choice at the time, as we looked this up, their choice at the time was, do they... Because they had the number of contracts they had to keep based on the no movement clause, which they handed out, which has nothing to do with the salary cap. It just it's it's a move GMs used for a long time, and it came back. It's come back to bite people. I wonder if that's a rule they'll take out for the next expansion draft: the forcing teams to keep guys with no movement clauses. If you even can do that, but that really limited some teams. It really didn't. But that's not the salary cap's fault. No, that's no, no, no. The GM's fault for having too many guys with no movement clauses. Yes. So you're suggesting being allowed to leave a, a guy with a no-move unprotected? I, I don't know. I don't even there's know if that's no way, There's no way the union's going to let that happen. Actually. Okay. There's no way the union's going to let that happen. Well, then, to, this this is who Columbus chose to keep over William Carlson. This is who they chose. They kept seven forwards, but three of them they had to keep. Yes. Brandon Dubinsky, Nick Foligno, Scott Hartnell all had no-move clause, uh, clauses. So, Cam Atkinson. No one is going to argue that point. Brandon Saad, who they, no, uh, yeah, they turned into Artemi Panarin. Alex Wenberg. Okay, yeah. And Boone Jenner, who's... Who scored 30 goals the year prior. Well, two years prior. Two years prior. And 18 Sorry. the year prior. Yeah, I mean, so 48 goals the last two years before that. And how many goals had William Carlson scored before that? His career high was nine. So, I just... Columbus didn't want to lose William Carlson. They just didn't have a choice. So, in, in that one specific example... The expansion draft helped Vegas. Well, but and as we talked, we, but the salary were, cap didn't. No, no, <laughs> no, no the, the rules of the expansion draft. Let's, you're right. Start there. No, these were the rules of the expansion draft. Yes, not a salary cap issue. The only team 
that just continued to make mistake after mistake was Florida yes. that they didn't have to make. You could argue Minnesota too, but 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 not to the extent of Florida. No, agreed. Firing Gerard Gallant before the expansion draft ever took place. I mean, months prior to that, during the season, uh, exposing Jonathan Marchessault, so who was coming off a thirty goal season as a center. Those Riley are easy Nash. to find. Yeah, and then Riley Nash. Yeah, so it's um that's on Florida for being yes. Florida. They could afford those players. They chose not to. So you have you have you're, and you're going to have an occasional case like in, in any situation we're talking about. You're sport. going to have bad management, and it happens right? in sports with no cap. But Hi, that, anybody a Miami Marlins fan? Like that, that sport doesn't have no. a hard cap. So that like, does it lead to a team being a cup contender? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. One team's mistake does not lead to a team being a cup contender. And let's not forget that everyone at the start of the season said Vegas would be awful. Yes, everyone said they'd be awful. I'm trying. So, I'm trying to find my favorite line. Penguins would prefer a mulligan on giving the Golden Knights goalie Marc-Andre Fleury. They had no choice. You could only protect one One goalie. (laughs) The other goalie on the roster had won two Stanley Cups by the end of his rookie season. He's like 12 years old, so he's going to be around for a while. Granted, he was terrible this past week, but two Stanley Cups by the end of his rookie season, that's not even mathematically possible. Anything else on that? I just, it's the whole Vegas narrative that just drives me crazy. It makes me want Vegas to win. It's this retroactive narrative that people are trying to put on the expansion draft in a Vegas. It just doesn't exist. And I know we've paid very close attention to them. Luke and I were at the expansion draft. Like, we've we've basically been there in the embryonic stages throughout talking about the Golden Knights. So to us, we've seen a natural progression of, wow, I can't believe all of these things are clicking. All these things are coming up Vegas. Yeah. And it's not at a casino. For a change, like it's near, but I think people are looking at now and think, Oh, well, there must be some malfeasance that went happened. There must be something that happened. No, there must be something they did. And like, no, a bunch of players that just played well above what anybody saw coming. They they got they got lucky in some instances. Yes, they got lucky. They have good coaching, and 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 let's let's throw another factor in there. The Pacific wasn't a very good division this year, it was not. So they just escaped a poor division, yeah. And see what they can do. And also. and I still say to this day, they still didn't take full advantage of the expansion draft. Agreed. Yeah, there was there's, there's a lot of opportunities for potential trades and potential players they could have taken in the expansion draft that they could be a better team. Yeah, I mean, you look through some of the names in the actual draft that they got. John Merrill, Timu Polkanen, Lucas Spisa, Calvin Picard, who was gone like a week later, mm-hmm. William Carrier. Like these, these, I mean, these, some of them were – there was not a lot of Connor options Brickley. there. But I think a lot of times they, they, they overplayed their hand on defensemen. Mm-hmm. They overplayed their thought on we can just take all these defensemen and be able to move them for assets. They weren't able to do that. Right. It happens. I don't think that was necessarily terribly illogical at the time when we thought, hey, you know what? A lot of teams need to need blue liners. Maybe they turn those guys around. But it didn't happen. They're, they didn't take a lot of chances on high upside AHL players that were exposed. They instead they went for low-level quad A players like Timo Polkanen. Which makes me wonder what they're going to look like in two years because they don't really have a lot of players that are on the way up. That, but that's because guys like Carlson you have to, shot all the way And you up. have to build your entire system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you had a system of one player. But as we, we noted. Duke. That was your, that was your <laughs> minor league system for six months. They could just go out and add Eric Carlson and or John Tavares. Yeah, if they do that, there will be no down period for Vegas. Uh, they will play either Winnipeg or Nashville. Are we jumping to game seven? Well, first, with, with Vegas, are, are, are any of us taking them? Over. Uh, I will not take uh, as much as I'm afraid to pick against them. I'm not taking them over either of those two teams. I've got two 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 last things on Vegas. Actually, I, one I think it's important to draw the distinction that we just drew of this is not 
This was not people saying, oh, there's an expansion team. They're going to be terrible. People were saying they were terrible after the expansion draft, like yes. actually, after they actually had a roster. Yes. So to now go back and say, like, well, the draft was fixed for them to, to really succeed. It was Was it? I didn't see it. It wasn't. It was better than past years, but certainly not to, to that extent. And a big reason why is because it was one expansion team. Yeah. Like, what, what would this look like if they had Vegas and Seattle drafting? Basically cut Vegas's roster in half. Yeah. Right? I mean, in, in terms of talent. Mm-hmm. In because, terms of ability to make trades. I mean, there are a lot of things that do. There's a lot of benefit when you're really you're just yourself. You're maybe, one team. Maybe the NHL has stumbled on something there, too, by the way, where you, you don't expand by multiple teams. Do go season. one at a time. Just do it one at a time. They, they wouldn't Seattle have. and Houston. And, oh, by the way, it's a nice influx of cash for the other owners in the league. They can't possibly expand beyond 32, can they? Either way, if, that's if a different money podcast. To pay for Houston's it. out there. I can if see somebody's that willing to pay half a billion dollars, yep. I'm sure they'll find a way. It's more now. Isn't Seattle going to be 650 Yeah, million? and Houston would probably be more than that. It's yeah. a much bigger market. Well, either way, they, they right off the bat wouldn't have Marc-Andre Fleury and James Neal. No, Vegas would have gotten one. Seattle would have no, gotten one. No, but there will be different players that become more eligible. There were a lot of really strong young players that were ineligible for this expansion draft that will be eligible for Seattle. No, I'm saying if there were two teams drafting at the same time, oh, they yeah, would yeah, have had to split be able to those both. players. And, and even with Florida out there just hemorrhaging all their best players for no reason, you can only take so many players and again, from the Panthers. If, if there's bad general managing happening, there's, there's no, what are you going to do about that? Like that's not it's salary cap's fault that Florida decides they don't want to play pay a thirty goal scorer that's in their mid, mid in his mid twenties. No, last time I checked, the Panthers are not up against the cap ceiling, so I don't think that's an issue. So the last thing on Vegas, what in your mind has been the biggest factor? Maybe this should be our poll question. By the way, the poll question last week was not our best. Um, I, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, but. A lot of people seemed confused by the... I don't even know. What was it again? Well, the two of you didn't help, so I had to come up with it later. Probably because we were confused about it. It was was which of the four remaining underdogs, which I put in quotes, is most likely to come back. And so many people wrote back, well, how is is this team an underdog? Well, they all lost their series, so I took the teams that were currently underdogs in their series. Pittsburgh, Boston, San Jose, all out. Nashville in like eight hours will probably be out as well. I don't want to say probably, but... Could be. Could be. I like that actually. That poll question for this week: the biggest factor in Vegas' success. We can come up with at least four. Well, that's that's uh, salary cap. Um, a bad Pacific. salary cap, comma LOL. <laughs> bad Pacific. Favorable expansion draft rules. Or Gerard Gallant. It's Gallant, Gerard, which is the answer. Or the NHL fixing things. Yeah, <laughs> we should have that in there. Also, again, they took full advantage. I mean, that home environment is yeah unbelievable. Too. There, again, there's just so many factors. Yeah, well, that's going to be you, Look at the ratings for Vegas' hockey games. They're insane. Yeah. Look at the ratings for Vegas on not game, when they're playing games that aren't Vegas. Aside from everybody that saying That market is team. watching – that yeah. market's watching a lot of Because they finally have they're a sport. Because it's more, yes, it's, it's their more sport. enjoyable to watch other teams when your team is still alive in the postseason. Or when you have a team in the league. Do you remember that too. not only people saying this team was going to be bad, do you remember how many people were saying – Hockey wouldn't succeed in Vegas. Not us. Oh, I'd have to go back through all of Ken Campbell's stories. But I'm <laughs> guessing he's of, one of them. I can think of people at our other outlet that were saying it. There's, there's a lot of a lot of people that don't seem to want hockey to work in I, certain cities. There's the which most. Is why I want Vegas to win the cup, I, even though Tampa's going. I'm through. of the belief that the most important factor in a sports franchise having success is solid, trustworthy, knowledgeable ownership. If you have ownership that's committed and has money, you're in a really good spot almost wherever you put the franchise. Well, and that's that's 
we probably should at least because give like, some like, credence to that. Well, yeah. I mean, like, uh, look, the local local stuff for the Coyotes. There, I don't think the problem is that there's nobody in, in Arizona that wants to watch hockey. I don't believe that. I don't they believe that's won. the biggest issue. They've never they won. haven't won. They they went almost almost a full decade of either no ownership or tentative ownership, and they put the arena on the wrong part of town. They put the arena closer and, to Vegas than Phoenix. And they're not a team that's spending to the cap. If you change all four of those factors, I think we're looking at a very different narrative around the Arizona Coyotes. So maybe it's not like, fair to say instantly, hey, look, hockey works in Vegas because if you put an expansion team together that's just going to run right through the playoffs, you could put that team in. But that's I, I want to say Quebec, but, but I'm not but, but that's say a team, that. but and, and have fans and it's, support. It's not just the on-the-ice stuff. We've talked about, again, having corporate sponsors, the money that Bill Foley has. You can talk about have, building a successful legacy. Look what Tampa's done. Tampa's not a traditional But, but you could put this team this just this year in the middle of Montana, and they're going to get fan support if they're going to the Stanley yes, Cup their first but, year. So but, we don't know for sure it's going to last long term. Fair, too. Except it is because we have common sense because yes. of the expansion draft. Yeah, so that's, but but you can't – you cannot – underscore the importance of good ownership, ownership. to the success of or franchise. It's bad great. ownership. It's vital. Yeah. And, and what happens to franchises across sports. Okay. Someone should ask the Cubs fan in the room the difference between ownership transitions and yeah. how that can change look a franchise. Blackhawks, really. Look at the Blackhawks. Black look how that changed when Rocky took over. Yeah. yeah. It matters. It, I mean, it does. Well, yeah. <laughs> it really the, does. The president of your company. Because I think sometimes we think all these – oh, they're, they're, there are a lot of sports fans in a lot of markets that are willing to go to different events. If you, you sometimes you have to have the ability to put a winner out there. People want to watch a winner. And if you want to compare and contrast Phoenix and Vegas for a second, Phoenix has all four major sports: college, spring yes. training, and all these different places for a sports fan to spend their their dollar. Vegas, I mean, they can take all the sports fans' dollars in the sports books, but in terms of actual events to go to, there's if the you, Golden Knights. But also, if you put T-Mobile Arena. In, you know, Henderson. Uh, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, there is, and it's owned by somebody who barely had enough money to to get over the purchase line. Yeah, what is this the is a different? This is a, we're talking about a different scenario. What's the Vegas equivalent to putting the arena out in Glendale? Is it like putting it on the Hoover Dam, like <laughs> Boulder City? <laughs> so okay, let's get to the the main event the here. Boulder City Knights. Okay. Hmm. No, no. Yeah. Game seven. Game sevens are great. This is what I kind That's of my contribution. Re- thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind and of realized, Luke, anything can happen in a game seven. That's, I've been told oh, that That's anything. True. Literally, okay. there might not even play hockey. There might be a baseball game. Play. Anything. Anything can happen, happen in a game, game seven, seven in Vegas. That's for sure. The floor is yours now. We're done. Oh wow. No. Uh, I just. Did you want to read that great Paul Maurice quote? By the wait. Way? So oh, it's I not the floor really isn't mine. Well, no. I'm gonna let me say well, and then you just cut me off. Well, while you guys are scrolling around, let me just say this. I found it. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> impressed by this series because <laughs> this, this, just just having two teams that are even. I'm going to keep going. Chris, could you mute? Oh, wait. <laughs> we might all be muted. Actually, hopefully, you're hearing this out there, America and I'm Canada the and Sweden and wherever else you might be listening. Japan. We had somebody write in to say they were listening from New Zealand. Was that true? I don't know, you tell me. You get the emails. Uh, okay. You still don't give me access even to the Twitter account. Yeah, I tried to lock you out of the studio, but you were already here when I got here. You needed me today. Uh, that's true. It turns out that, that would have backfired. The Just because two teams are even in a series doesn't guarantee it's going seven. It guarantees it's going six. Because anything could happen in game six, yeah. too. And yeah. so you you see that. Yeah, see, it's, 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 you have to get the sports cliches right. It's a pivotal game five. Yeah. Do or die for one team in game six. Win or go home game seven. That's the rules. That's how we have to address every sporting event from now on. 
but but this series that we all declared the best we declared this to be the best series in the playoffs. You can correct me before if I'm wrong. The before the playoffs began. <laughs> and it went it has now gone game seven. It lived up to the hype. It's been there have it's been, been some excellent. lopsided scores in this, yes. the last two games. But when but even when two when two really good teams play each other, even those lopsided games, they don't feel that way till the end. Yeah, this, you keep that waiting seven, for the game was really five four and the fifth goal maybe right. shouldn't have been scored. This series has been so good that it's possible that the four of us may watch Game 7 together tonight. That's how good this series yeah, we, has been. Let's not get it, it's possible. Yeah, I think that, I'm not something sure just came doing up. doing anything but sitting in the studio the rest of the day. And... Just muttering to himself. Yeah. Right, here's a quote from Paul Maurice okay. on Game 7s. Quote, The guys who have had a few Christmases, they'll sleep a little better. The guys who are closer to five years old, they won't sleep as well. <laughs> Which is a great quote. It is a great quote. He earned his extension with that quote right yeah. there. Yes. And there and are plenty of He wrote the lead for everybody that was standing there. And plenty of players in the NHL that are closer to five years old, too, by the way. <laughs> so, Craig took Nashville. Jamie and I both took Winnipeg. Yes. Um, Chris took Nashville. Chris, you take Nashville? He's nodding he, over he there. He took Nashville. Okay, so. We no. actually got a response. They're split on this one. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. I hope it goes overtime. I hope it is. I hope it goes Game five overtimes. overtimes. Yeah. Well, like the HL game. Yeah, that's fine. I, I I will call out of work tomorrow. I will watch okay. five overtimes. So that's, that, that's nice. I come to that sports bar in Gilbert then, right? If we're talking about overtime for me. Sure, why not? You guys will have coffee for me. Yeah, keep yeah. me awake. I brought you coffee today. Oh, by the way, thanks to Joe who sent that. Yes, yes thank, thank you, Joe. You. We, we used your card today. We're, we're drinking Joe on Joe. Oh, wow, look oh, at that. That was, that was bad. Okay. made fun of my order. I did the, guy, the guy that orders like chestnut praline chai tea makes fun of my order. Yeah, should I go through the order since I have them all on my phone? Uh, Craig ordered something like the Clint Eastwood would order. Uh, I ordered a chai. Just straight, you just said straight whiskey in a, in a Starbucks cup. <laughs> I like my coffee. <laughs> I like my coffee bitter like me. And Jamie ordered a skinny blonde, which at first I was like, I can't order that for you at Starbucks. But then there was like but nine the other things. Taylor Swift concert. No, I'll say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> skinny blonde uh, iced latte. Latte. No, there was more. Vanilla. 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 Yeah, it, whatever. It wasn't nearly as manly as my chai. So. I'm not trying to impress anybody, Luke. Apparently not. I, sure I, I tweeted this out. If the Predators win this game, it would mark the first time in NHL history that four division winners advance to the conference final, which is amazing to me. Now, the NHL was one or two divisions for a very long time, yeah. but it went to at least four in 74-75. So that means first time in wow. 43 seasons that we could have four division winners in the conference final. That's amazing to me. It really is. And four of these five teams that are left have never won the cup. That too. Yeah. And the, the other one has one cup. So yeah. This is cool stuff. I like Th- this. this. This is fun. How about we play this game right now? Who do you want to win the cup? If you could just have any of the five. Not who you think. Just who do you want to, want win to win the cup at this point? Vegas. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where I want Vegas because I, I didn't – maybe I maybe I just didn't expect them to get this far at the start of the season. But I sort of underestimated the anger – that's out there because Vegas that's is good. Fun. Yeah, that's no, th- yeah, I, that's making me want them to win. The yeah, I, me too. That people are starting to get annoyed, yeah. particularly in traditional markets, about it. Yeah. If I had to pick a backup, it'd be Winnipeg now, but I'll take uh, I'll take Vegas as well for financial reasons and for like, hey guys, I kind of told you so reasons. I want the Jets. So four newbies and one one-time winner, but the salary cap has been a mitigating disaster. Yeah, it's been a disaster. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Small market teams like Nashville and Winnipeg and Tampa and Las Vegas. I've really, 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 really struggled now because nothing. of the salary cap. Uh, I would go Vegas would be my first choice. Tampa would be my second choice. So who do you Tampa's absolutely – I don't want to see Washington win the cup. 
And that's that's sort of why that is. I don't know why that is because they never <laughs> won. We have lost your answer was before I could even we have ask lost the listener. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Carl. Uh, I don't know that I'm ready for Winnipeg to win the cup just yet. I'm ready. Oh, they're fun. Okay, hey, but this if Winnipeg wins the cup, I'll buy you lunch. All right, then I want Washington to lose more than Winnipeg. No, we have, no, we have to make a we have to make a Vegas trip together so I can catch the ticket. Nice. All right, road trip in <laughs> a month, basically. Yes. When was uh, the awards this year? What are the dates? June nineteenth, I believe. Remember when when Gary Bettman got the date wrong in the press conference and then had to double back? That and it confused me because now yes. I don't know. Because now I don't know what date it was. Is. Now was it Hard Rock this year again? I, I don't remember. Somewhere. I don't know if they set that until like the day before. No, they, no, they did tell us. Oh, okay. No, they could change it again. But they could. But they usually put why on a really good why show. Why it's not at T-Mobile Arena, I don't fully understand, but that's that's okay. That's I, a I fair question. I don't make those decisions. That it was as great of a venue as that is, it wasn't necessarily designed to cram every media member in the world of hockey into. Well, we'll just, we'll just create a media section. Look, You're not selling out the NHL awards. I've been there. You're not selling look, out T-Mobile Arena. Vegas is struggling. They're having a hard time making money and winning games. They have other uh, issues to deal with. Maybe they think they'll still be in the cup. Let me go back to that. This is Vegas. You might sell it out. Yeah. If they win the Stanley out. Cup. <laughs> there you go. People but, but might still be awards? Just attach I don't something know. to it. Attach something Vegas yeah. Golden Knights related to the awards. Yeah. We'll sell it out. They did it last year. and they had How many seat fillers did we walk by on the way to the press box? A few, or, but or the press area. The no, press... those were media members. You just thought they were seat fillers. <laughs> I think they were offended when you kept calling the press them that. row. I don't know what that was. It was a very narrow room. It, it was it, an extremely narrow the room. The press hallway. Yes. yes. Um, With all the food in the back, which was again, which they didn't think about the coordination. They there. fed me for free, so I was, I was cool. With no, that. I didn't mind it. The Bruins Lightning series. We at least need to address the fact that Brad Marchand has a licking problem. <laughs> At least he's finally acknowledged it. <laughs> you know, the stages. What? What? I just what is no under denial. Should, I, I, have, I don't want to comment on this. It's just creepy. It's just creepy. It's, it's, a, it's weird. It's yeah. just weird. If I told you at the start, this is like a 30 for 30. What if I told you an NHL player has a licking problem? Where would Brad Marchand have lined up in your list of, of guesses? Probably like first or second, Yeah, probably right? pretty high on that list. Yeah. I, I don't keep a running list of players I think might lick other players Maybe on you the should. ice. But. I want someone to do a story. He's probably not ready for this yet because he's he's taken a beating for it. But somebody needs to do a story next season on the genesis of Brad Marchand's <laughs> licking problem. Yeah. Where did this come from, Brad? Can you, I, can can you just, trace the origins of this? What possesses you to that's That's your go-to move. You prob- Has he ever done it before these playoffs and I just missed it? Maybe. Don't know. Did he do it in the regular season this year? I thought he might have. He, I, I remember know. him doing it before this year. It wasn't a big deal until the playoffs. He probably could have gotten away with just licking Leo Komarov, which sounds like the name what of a, an album. But to then double down with yes. Ryan Callahan in the second Very round, strange. it was odd. Another fun story would be. Compare the flavors of the players you like. <laughs> Let's not do that. It's <laughs> the second story I've heard today that made me want to throw up. Uh, the other one still makes me want to throw up more, but I won't so, share that one on the air. Boston, were they gassed or were they just not as good as we thought they were? A little bit of both. I think yeah. they were gassed. I think – I'm not – they were just were not a better team than Tampa. And I know that seems like very basic analysis, but I, I think once we got into the postseason and we realized that Tampa Bay and Vasilevsky wasn't going to be a train wreck, mm-hmm. then we go back to this is the best team in hockey. Yeah, in a year where there's been a lot of surprises – we, I know we keep saying this, but we all had Tampa winning the cup in, like 
July. Boston would have had to play a close to a perfect series. And we saw signs of fatigue toward the end of the regular season. And then they had to go seven with Toronto. And then they had to go seven with Toronto, a very good team. So I'm not surprised. I don't think they underperformed in this series. Oh, they overachieved this yeah. season. Yeah, I Sometimes think so you just lose to better teams, and it's not always – there's not always a – Oh my goodness, what went wrong? Sometimes you just weren't better than the team you were playing for a seven-game series. Their, that's okay. Their only path through those first two rounds was not only to avoid Toronto in the first round, but make Tampa play Toronto in the first round. Although, looking back, I think that series would have gone five games, too. They like, played Tampa's two just the, so much better. They, they, played two they the, tanked. They tanked so they could get Toronto. Oh yeah, They played two of the that. best three teams in the East. <laughs> yeah. Like that. You're and not, maybe even you're the best two. Through that. So, let me ask you this, because the... As Jamie will tell you, a lot of fans will assume that progression will be linear for the Bruins here now. Never heard this before. I see danger with this team because of some too. of their key players being older. I, I'm Ch- not Charles sure. 107. Right. They're, who, he played very well, by the way. Patrice yeah. Bergeron, who is not necessarily older, but is now we're starting to see multiple years of multiple injuries, which concern me because he is their best player. Yes. And Didn't he play he, with a collapsed lung like two or three years yeah. ago? Yeah. Uh, was this, was uh, a spleen. Wasn't it? No, but he had a collapsed lung. Yeah, he had a collapsed lung. I mean, he he is... Try to win a face-off with a collapsed lung. He's a star. Like, I mean... The left side of your mouth. (laughs) But you still have to, like, yank on the right side of your arm. I have no idea. Can you lick a player with a collapsed lung? Well, I mean, these are questions that only the Boston Bruins can answer. So is there... It feels like their window's short. I'm, yeah, I'm not... top-end players being older. They uh, overachieved based on my expectations of them coming into the year. I am not sure this is a team that I think is on the rise. Like I don't think of them like I think of Toronto. I don't think this is a team that we're going to like better in two years than we like now. Thank you for bringing that up happen. because that's the other side of this, right? Tampa's going to be around for a while. Yes. Toronto's going to get better. Yes. So what is Boston's path out of that division? That's. I mean, I think they're a playoff team, but can I see them beating Toronto and Tampa every year to get to the conference you final? I just can't see it. Or, or be a wild card. David Baggs is 34. Patrice Bergeron is 32. As you mentioned, Zidane Achar is 101. Or maybe you said 107. At that point, it doesn't matter. So you've got some key players that are up there. David Krejci is 32. And injury prone. Yes, and injury Good prone. player, but... Rick Nash, is. We, I think that they saw enough of Rick Nash yeah. to realize, oh yeah, that's who Rick Nash is. He doesn't show up in the postseason. Yeah. Getting Rick Nash to gear for so a playoff run is the ultimate irony. You've got some nice young players, but I, I would argue that those young players benefited from the older top-end players being in the lineup, and it'll be a, more of a struggle for them when they have to step into larger roles, and I think that's coming soon for this team. So They lost their goaltender of the future. I, so, and, and Malcolm Subban. So, like... I, I just I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're a great team, and I don't think they're a team that we're going to look at in two or three years as better than what we just saw this year. Where I look at Toronto and I say that team could be Tampa Bay in three years. See, I could see Boston like I could see Boston missing the playoffs next year, but then being right back here two years from now. I, I don't want to say the window's closing. I just think it's going to like close and then open and, and then close because well, there's so many. I don't think they're going to be parts. a primary cup contender. Yeah. So in that sense, I don't know if their windows open slash close. I don't I don't think they were really a I mean, yes, there was a stretch in this year where they looked like they were unbeatable, but once they got into the postseason, they weren't one of the four or five teams that we thought were, were really going to win the Cup. That blue line looked really mediocre in this series. Yeah. It really did. Just trying to think, like... But but also, let's think... look really mediocre? But can you kind of extremely extreme mediocre? mediocre? Yeah. I don't know. It's like extreme vanilla flavor? Really <laughs> yeah. An extreme extra, vanilla milkshake? Extra medium. Extra. <laughs> that was part of your drink, too. Extra medium, skinny, iced, vanilla. In a venti cup. Uh, you derailed me with your, your incessant <laughs> right. Italian. 
Again, Starbucks, not a sponsor of the show, but can be. Would you, uh, would you send Bill <laughs> Thornton for, for another season if you're the Sharks? That's, that pretty, sigh is the sound he of was Jamie pretty, makes when you make him talk about the Sharks. He was pretty good for them, but they're going to sign him to a deal worth a lot more money than he's actually well, you said can provide less. Yeah, well, I'll believe it when I say it. Did he come off an $8 million, million two years, yeah, so $8 million type million. zoo deal? Yep, $6 million, I don't know. Like, he's he's going to be 39 Again, $8 million is $700,000 less than Sidney Crosby's cap hit. I feel like there's a slight difference between the two of them. Yes. And it's more than Logan Couture or I mean, Joe Pavelski or oh, I almost said Mikel Bodker. Isn't it time to move on? Is wasn't this sort think, of the golden parachute season, and now it's time to move on? Yes, you know, sort of like Shane Doan, right? They're still in the Pacific. Well, but that's good. I mean, they have a they have a very easy relative, but relatively easy path to the conference final that's open to them. I'm just not sure Joe Thornton's the player that would be the like. If you yeah, could you spend that money elsewhere? Yeah, now could you I don't go know. after John Tavares, for instance. Oh man! Well, if you get John I mean, Tavares, you, you do whatever at, you Look at the can. money you have. The Sharks can be a player here, or you have that money to trade for other players. Yeah. The issue, though, with Thornton, I, I would just point this out. And maybe what is Bodker's contract up? Two more years of four million, <laughs> or no? I'm sorry, w- one more year after this, I believe. Nope, nope. Two more years after this. That didn't work at all. Um, Twenty goal season. Thornton, his issue was staying on the ice, which you're going to counter and say, okay, well, he's 39 years old. But when he was on the ice... Yeah, but, but you're paying somebody who's 39. Yeah. He's not still on the back end of a contract. You're making a conscious decision to pay somebody who was 39 but years I'm old. I'm just saying, at least when he played, he was effective 36 points in 47 games. So if you could be guaranteed good, he was going to play... He's a good player. He's just not an $8 million a year player. No, but I wonder, like... On a team that might you, need that you, cap space. Would you do five? I wouldn't do it. Would you do anything, Craig? No, I'd make a hard push for John Tavares here. And I think the Sharks are going to be a player in that on that front. If you, it's a really interesting team to watch. They, they always have to. John if you're if you're in the they hunt, the you, you have to make every effort to do that because that you could again they could get out of the West with. Do you John bring Tavares. back Evander Kane too then, who was a pretty good player for them in the postseason? As long as it's not preventing me from adding yeah, John Tavares, depends on cost, but he he's played well for them. He's been exactly what they've needed from him on the ice. We've got some players coming off the books. They've got some money coming up. San Jose's going to have the money to spend. We're pretty much at the point where I'm willing to just do nothing but podcasts tracking John Tavares until July 1st. Like, I'm willing to scrap the conference finals, the Stanley Cup, the draft, the awards, and just do John Tavares podcasts for the next eight episodes. Because (laughs) it is so compelling that the Islanders may (laughs) blow this. (laughs) You're talking... I think they are at this point. He's going to market He is a... Top 10 player in this league, yep. for sure. And on any given year, he's a top five player. What are you doing? Every team in the want, NHL gets better if they add John really want to be there anymore. Yeah. Or unless he, and there's that. There's that possibility. Or he at least wants to explore, and then he can say, okay, yes. here's my worth. Yeah, I'd like to stay, but you need to pay me yeah. this amount of money because that's my market value. I, I, part of me can't believe the Islanders have let it get to this point. Mm-hmm. But again, but if, then the play, 80% if the player wants can. to go to market, yeah. then there's really not much. I mean, not you much. Couldn't have do. done something last year and just gotten this done. But sure. Yeah. But we've heard very again. It's a it's a lot of hearsay, but you hear varying reports about whether or not he's happy there. Yeah, we, we and I can look so at that team. That and, once they got the arena thing locked down, yeah. he was good, they were going to sign him to an extension, and then it didn't, didn't happen. happen. And then you look at the team around him, and you go. If I'm John Tavares, I'm looking at that team, and I'm where's my clear path to winning a cup? And especially if they're going to spend more money, just like the team to making the playoffs. Like it's also it's the Islanders. Let's still see. no goaltending. Mm-hmm. 
the defense is okay, but it's not anything amazing. You've got Matthew Barzal. You were able to fleece Edmonton for Jordan Everly. And you've got Andrew Ladd and Josh Bailey signed until the end of time. Yeah. That's your team. I mean, you, I, I those are good pieces. But, if, but if, if you lose John Tavares, that's the worst team in the Metro. But there's got to be a point where you sure. think as a player that where yeah. is that? Maybe Carolina. I, I couldn't win with those players this year. Where's my path team? to win with them? That's fair. Because unless we think Barzal's turning into Connor McDavid, I don't know if his ceiling is any higher than this. This is part of the nonlinear progression conversation. How many points did Barzal finish with? Like 81? Okay. It would not surprise that me if he... That might not be right. But, but, but It would not surprise <laughs> me if he finished within... Sorry, I don't have the Islanders stats off let's, the top let's, of let's, my let's, head. Click on his name. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Just keep talking. It would not surprise me if he finished within... Two 85. Okay. It would not surprise me if he finished anywhere between 75 and 85 points next year. I think okay. there's a, sometimes a, a, an ex- expectation that, well, he scored 85 as a rookie, so he's going to score 100 next year. No, the incremental that doesn't happen. from there, from... From 85 points, it's it's really hard to yes. add to that. Yes, if you're not Connor McDavid, right. who is the best player in the league right now. Anders Lee scored 40 goals this year? Yes, yeah. he did. Very quietly. Very quietly. The most quiet 40 goals ever. I'm guessing he doesn't hit 40 next year. So the Islanders that in that regard gets another are year older. probably going to lose some offensive production. That blue line gets older. I just – I look – if he likes likes living in New York, he likes playing on that team. He's going to get enough money, sure, by all means. But that's not the team that gives him. That's not one of the ten teams that gives him the best chance to win a cup in the next five years. You know, go to Vegas, go to San Jose. Yeah, I mean, again, you go to San Jose. He goes to Vegas. Vegas <laughs> would be fun. Vegas would be insane. Him and, him and Eric Carlson. Yeah. Well, people would be furious at that point. If he turns but, but down I do, Canadian I, teams I do, to play I, in Vegas. I do wonder what the appeal of that is because we saw Marc Andre Fleury really grab hold of his role as the pillar, the star of Vegas from the, from the expansion dra- the day of the expansion draft on. Yep. He really took that role. I wonder, and this is a big selling point for them. I wonder how much you can sell to a player like John Tavares. You can be the franchise. You are the player that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, everybody talks about as you were the key piece of the franchise. Not, not you just the built franchise. something. In, in that market, you don't have to compete against other athletes, yeah. right? Like you do in New York. Yeah. You're the only guy. You're it. You're the face of the only franchise. You can be. You you, you are the history book guy for our team. You're the, you're the guy we're going to put a banner yep. and, and we're, you, you're the guy whose number we're going to retire. Like that, that could, I mean, if you want to talk about, if you like the idea of being able to build a legacy and people talking about you long after your career is over, that is a tremendous opportunity for anybody that goes to Vegas as a superstar player. I don't know that any of that appeals to John Tavares. He seems very mild-mannered. But the could be internal too. Potential. Doesn't he doesn't necessarily have to be like the the most boisterous person to want to kind of have that kind of a legacy. But either way, he can be the guy that goes to the defending Stanley Cup champs if things go <laughs> yeah. sideways in the next month. At or, least the semifinals. Yeah, at least I mean, if John Tavares goes there, they are a contender again next year. They might be a contender again without him. We don't and then, know. as we've discussed, you're suddenly a destination for free agents, a Absolutely. very attractive destination for free agents. You've got all the other pieces. If you're actually winning and have a star player. And you live in Vegas. Yeah, nothing wrong think, with that. I don't think NHL players like that. What's our our What's our projection for uh, our predictions? I guess for Tampa Bay, Washington, because that series is set. Tampa in five. Five. I'm gonna say six. Yeah, I'll say. I'll say six. Chris, Washington, Tampa. How many? Okay, so we're all we're all we're all we're all Tampa. We're on the Tampa train. So much for hashtag caps. Here. Right, ride the lightning. Yes. And geologically, would a bolt of lightning beat a Capitol building? 
Um, this is a real well, test, Well, the Capitol hasn't been on fire since the 1800s, but... Haven't you seen Independence Day? They have lightning rods on top of it. That's true. Yeah. So. so this is the one team and, that and actually... People yes. do consider Alex Ovechkin a bit of a lightning rod. Oh, that's... that's what he did there. It's all coming Far together now. now. Uh, do you want me to read some of these questions? Yeah, do we need to talk about any of this st- other stuff? Or yeah, do you want... yeah, but uh, we do. I think we do. It's just minor stuff. But, but I just want to hit like some the of the world these. championship, for instance. We don't whatever. need to talk about that. Yeah, whatever. Um, Michael wrote, writes in... Or should we talk about that trade that happened like two seconds? Yes, but we're show. getting to that. Everything has a, there's a purpose to Excuse what I'm me. doing. First of Is, all, since when? Michael tagged Ovi, the Capitals, and me, and said Luke Lipinski hmm. believed in you, which is true. I think I'm the only person other than Paul Bissonnette that took did, the did Capitals. They ever, did Dovechkin respond? Mm, no, hmm. not Caps yet. Here. Don't worry, I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, until it's not. No. Um, Dan writes in. Are we sure that Zach Galifianakis isn't masquerading as Phil Kessel? You never see the two of them on the ice at the same time. Good question, Dan. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Um, this year, I have my my questions about that. It might very well be true. Does Zach like hot dogs? I feel like he does. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that w- w- would matter. If anything, we just added more uh, fuel to the fire there. Okay. Uh, Eric writes in, Please help me understand why the draft order matters when the draftee doesn't sign with your organization. Blake Wheeler, for example. Yes, I'm still bitter. That's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> that's not an incredibly common occurrence. I, I think you need to let it go. Well, I mean, it would probably it be Jamie easier. Jamie's our resident singer. I should he hasn't, sing let it go. He hasn't sung let Sarah McLaughlin yet. Okay. I, I, that's right. I have not. Let Sarah it go. Two, two episodes in a row oh, he's saying that. Right. That's right. That, that's right. My bad. Off to win Is this the Demi Lovato version of Let It Go or the, the Nina Menzel version? <laughs> I have no idea. I have actually never seen Frozen. Because you don't have children, I, I do not. You, you don't have a heart, right? Don't have that either. But I definitely don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> he paused for a moment. <laughs> Think about it. Like... Then he was like, "I'm off to see the wizard." Uh, Tony wrote in with a haiku for the Boston Bruins, which he called a haiku. Geology I, I... speak. One point two one gigawatts. Always bests a bear. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's my, that's, my, that's my favorite moment on the show of all time. <laughs> That's pretty I good. love that. Well, that, does, that deserves a second read. Yeah, read that again. I love All that. Right, I feel like somebody should be playing like the bongos next to me very slowly. <laughs> okay. You, you just say, I don't have any bongos? Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> like, it was my fault you didn't bring bongos to the show? Yeah, I left them at home. All right, again, this is Tony. Geology speak. 1.21 gigawatts. Always bests a bear. True. And it was proven to be true yet again. Uh, Let's get to one more. I can't find it. I believe it was from Robert. And it was about the the trade that happened about 30 minutes after we posted the last episode. So, yeah, thanks for that. I didn't even get home. Exactly. Craig and I, neither one of us got to our houses by the time, from this podcast, by the time the trade was completed. I don't know what the question was, but... um, what are your thoughts on that trade? Please discuss the Martinuk trade. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, actually, uh, please discuss the Martinuk trade. I assume this means we can't keep Richardson moving Martinuk like this. Makes me think he had issues internally because nothing else makes sense. A lot of a lot of Coyotes fans were upset Martinuk got traded. Uh, I don't think there were issues. I just don't think Rick Tockett was a big fan of his game. I don't. Yeah, that's that. Did not, yeah, that. did not indicate by the way he played the amount of minutes he got. And, yeah. So uh, this is this is a whatever trade for me. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Kruger... Bottom six players. Marcus Kruger got demoted to the AHL. Now we we found out that he had an injury. He had hernia surgery, so if he can... I mean, if he can get back to being the kind of player he was for Chicago, fine. He's Yeah, he's a bottom six guy. He'll kill penalties. He'll win face-offs. 
and it's fine. You know, he's he's really he's insurance in case you do lose Brad Richardson, yeah. so that you make sure you have that type of player at the bottom of your lineup. But you know, John Chaga said it doesn't preclude them re-signing Brad Richardson. I have a hard time believing he's coming back at this point. So does Brad. So, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But, you know, when you look at the center position, too, what are you going to do? Again, we, we get back to the where does Dylan Strom fit conundrum, right? Yes. Because you've got Christian Dvorak. You've got Derek Stepan. You know those guys are going to be, at least for now, if you don't get another top six center, those are your one-twos, right? Yep. So is Dylan Strom slide in as your number three center and then Kruger's fourth? That fourth line that we all liked of Richardson, Martinook, and Nick Cousins. <laughs> Two-thirds of it's gone. Probably. Is it going to be Lawson, Kraus, Marcus Kruger, and Nick Cousins? I think it is. Okay. That's, that's what I wrote. That's my guess. I, I think Lawson Kraus is going to be on this team. Now, he's he's a bigger guy. He, he can be that sticky guy that Tockett loves. Yeah. He's got speed. He can skate. So And he'll, and he'll be the guy that can stand up. You know, I know Kaiser has been clamoring for somebody that can mm-hmm. stand up for, you know, when players like Domi or whatever. The sheriff. Yes. He'll probably be able to create a little bit of net front presence too with his size. So fine, that's 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 like you said, it's it's a whatever. Move. Yeah, it's, it's I I can't get worked up over bottom six fourth line moves like that. Well, just it, it's fine. Then you'll never be an Islanders fan if you can't get fired up over fourth line moves. Yeah. But it, let's let's assume Kruger is closer to the player he was when he was with Chicago. It's a big assumption, isn't it? It, it, it is massive. Assumption. No, if he's not, then this is a throwaway. But if he is, is he a better fit for what Rick Tockett wants to do than Jordan Martin? Well, they're different they positions. Different, yeah, so they play different I think positions. You're, you, when you're looking at Martinuk, you're asking, is it Kraus versus Martinuk? Yeah. And I think that's. I think Kraus is more of what. But just in terms of, for. of value I, I in the trade, Kraus and Kruger versus Martinuk and Richardson. Yes. I think that's really what we're looking at. Yeah. Okay. And again, I think Martinuk and Richardson they those scream tippet players and the way he mm. used it at times. But Richardson, man, I I like Brad Richardson's game last year. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm. I'm Surprised if they don't. I'm, I'm not surprised. I shouldn't say, but if they don't keep him, that's that's well, maybe a loss. Here's what I would say. What I will always say about a GM who's who's dealing with a, a lot of budget constraints. First of all, right. So maybe the center market is going to prove too expensive, and Brad Richardson will make some money. Good for him if he does going somewhere else. But also, don't judge John Chayka's moves until we see them in their entirety. What's yeah. he going to do at the draft? He was very active at the draft last year, so. Let's see what the roster looks like when he's put it all together. Look, I know there's there are opinions out there from outside of Phoenix that John Chica should have been on the hot seat. I have no idea where they're coming from because when you look at the entire, entirety of his moves, they make a lot of sense and he's done a lot of good things. So at this point, you give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he does this summer. Are those the same people that decided Brad Stevens didn't deserve a single first place <laughs> coach of the year vote in the NBA? Because <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah, that, was, that was weird. That I, was I, think, I think there's there's some similar logic there. Oh, look. Brad Stevens is younger than everybody else's right. job. I think oh, look. There's very much so a, a level Jica. of insecurity that mm-hmm. plays into that. Young whippersnappers who didn't serve their time. Yeah. yeah How could they possibly be good at what they're doing? So tired of hearing that from <sighs> a lot of people around this league. What does he know? He's young. Well, <laughs> Look Look at the moves. You, yeah. Let's judge yeah. the body of evidence, okay? Not his age. Should we play a new game that we're going to have on the show? What if John Chica had run the Blackhawks for the last few years and Stan Bowman ran the Coyotes? <laughs> Craig doesn't look like he wants Imagine to play. John Chica with that budget? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think that he would still be um, prudent with that budget, which so means... Justin Buffett would be a Blackhawk. Artemi Panarin would be a Blackhawk. 
These are all guys that didn't leave because of the salary cap, though, right? Jonathan Taze would be making quite as much money as he's making. Yeah. Brent Seabrook would be making as much money as he's making. Mm-hmm. Maybe Nick Letty would be a Blackhawk. Mm, interesting. Yeah. This is a pretty good team that you're describing right now. Yeah, it's a cup contender. This, they could definitely make the playoffs. I'll give you that for sure. Thanks, thanks for you, you guys like to go here once every week, don't you? Oh, it's we've gone here a couple that's, times that's how today. How often we do the podcast yeah. too? So. <laughs> if we did it's the podcast more often, if we watch this game together tonight, I'm guessing it will come up there too. <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes are. Ooh. A gong show. See, we need all these props in here. We need yeah. sound effects for our I left my gong at home, too. Right next no to your bongos? bongos. No yeah. Bongos. You, you improvised on the bongos. Gong and bongos. Somewhere. That sounds like a sports bar. What's going on in Carolina? What is going What's on? The What's the deal with the, the Hurricanes? <laughs> Teed it up. Uh, well, as you said, off the air, they're going to keep Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> and everybody else and 20 new players. Let's go. And everybody else is for sale. On the bright side. They're going to try to do their own expansion draft. They're like, we're going to copy Vegas. We're going to get rid of all of our players. Seriously, if you're an NHL GM, aren't you looking to take advantage of Yes. Right oh, now? absolutely. Yes. But on Not the bright side, they have the good Sebastian Ajo. Yes. So at least yes. they're keeping the right one. But that, that, you look at that blue line. I'm looking at Noah Hannafin right Noah now. Noah Hannafin. Okay, is RFA, he available? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Slavin's about to make some money. I think yep. his new contract He's is available next year. too? Some of these players in Carolina, they don't Terrifying. have any number one. Terravine was probably, aside from Aho, probably the most safe, I would assume. But I guess who knows? Jeff Skinner. I mean, I think he, well, Skinner, I would think they would definitely move because he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a guy to look at. Jordan Martinook. <laughs> I think Table Terravine might be available too. Yeah. If they just traded for Jordan Martinook, can we assume Sebastian Aho and Jordan Martinook are their building blocks? <laughs> In Carolina, you don't trade for a guy just to get rid of him, do you? Justin Falk. And look, and, and I know this this team was a lot of analytics folks loved this team for a long time because of their young talent. I still never thought they had it up the middle. And that's yeah. sort of proven out. But there there is some young talent on this roster. You imagine if he just sells it all off because it hasn't had success. But I I, I has, could. He hasn't bothered to dive in and analyze why. I, I can believe it. Yeah, I, I I could imagine it. I don't know why you would sell off young talent like Noah Hannafin specifically, but Tara Vine and uh, Elias Lindholm has been a disappointment, but he was... But it's not like he's been awful. He hasn't, he just been, hasn't been as good as he, he should He was a top be. five pick, wasn't he? Yeah, fifth. Would, would, would you go one? after a player like that? If you're, I mean, is that a player that you look at that might have an upside in a different well, system? Well, and that's, that, that's what you kind of hope for. What, what team am like I that? in this scenario? Are you, well, you're the Coyotes. In Arizona, yeah. Who need a center? I mean, again, it, it, it's the it's. I mean, he's had more success than Sam Bennett, who's been my. Hey, maybe maybe you take a shot and see what happens. Guy, former top five pick. I mean, same deal, except he's had more success in the league. He's making more money too, but yeah, he's figuring two point seven. He's an RFA after this season, so you have cost certainty. He's averaging about fifteen goals a year, which is not anything amazing, but he's also what twenty three. Yeah, why not? You have to figure anybody you get from Carolina, you're already kind of... You'll probably be better. Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to be better on your team, and you're probably, you're on some level, ripping them off. You'd be trading Noah Hannafin like crazy, right? He's 21. They wouldn't do that. They, I, they wouldn't do that. That doesn't help a team like the Coyotes, but it helps like 28 of the teams in the league. If, there are a couple teams in particular north of the border that really need defensive yeah. help that we should be looking at Carolina right now saying, can we get Noah Hannafin out of there? Leon Dreisaitl for Noah Hannafin? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> That's what Edmonton would do. Right? They'd, they'd be dumb about it. But Toronto, 
Toronto should be looking at that. Edmonton will give up uh, yeah, dry side and be like, we bought low on Hannafin. Like, no, no, you, you bought Hannafin when you could have bought yeah. low, but you gave them way too much. <sighs> Nugent Hopkins for Hannafin. That's interesting. That's yeah. that's a more... I'm not sure why Carolina made, does that move. Tom Dunn even might a, go for it. Since even from a GM as well. Even from a salary camp standpoint, I can't figure out why they would do that. Why are they recreating the Atlanta Thrashers, by the way? Because if, if you want to really create well. a team that has success, you have to model it after the Atlanta Thrashers. You can't argue with, with, with that. With an owner. <laughs> <laughs> with an actual owner. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, Brady Kachuk. Yes. Lots of reports that he was going back to BU for his sophomore season. But his dad, Keith, says that hasn't been decided yet. Yeah, doesn't that kind of hinge on who drafts him? And what his path to the NHL will look like. He, he told me, has it, we haven't even discussed it yet. He said, I have no idea why it was even reported. We haven't discussed it yet. So I, I get frustrated with some of these reports that are out there. You hear it from one of the reports I saw said there was a grad transfer that was considering BU, but he was told the scholarship was no longer available because Brady was coming back to BU. So as the reporter, what's your next call? I think I'll call Brady or yeah. try and call his dad to verify it. Yeah, no, I just post a story. I'll just throw yeah. it out there. It's just easier to just post the story. Also, maybe they're just keeping that scholarship open in case he wants to come back. Yes. Maybe they lied to him, too, because colleges don't do that with scholarships, no. do they? Not, not, no. not hmm. in college athletics. No way. Maybe they decided that grand no, the, the, the wasn't pinnacle so of, of, of awesomeness and, and virtue that mm-hmm. is NCAA honesty. Yeah. Lots of honesty. Yes. I love honesty. Uh, so, Kachuk, we assume, is going to go right before the Coyotes can pick him. That's about... What would, you you, pick, would you pick him if he were available? If I'm the Coyotes? Mm-hmm. Is there any way he can play center? I thought he played a little bit of center at some point. You're not teaching guys to play center at this level. Here's what I keep coming back to. I've seen a lot of mock drafts where he's going to the Coyotes. I keep coming back to what John says. It's best player available, but with the caveat, premium positions. You value premium positions. Do you take a wing at number five? Not if it's close. Not if, if, if you have Patrick Line it, right? A guy that's well, yeah, that kind if, of If you think it's a first goal. line potential, then absolutely. If you have but, Kachuk graded out similarly to a center or a defenseman, I'm taking the center or the defenseman. Yes. If, if they're he just is, a more valuable asset, even if you trade them. If they never yeah. play for your team, they're still a more valuable asset. But if he's by far the best player on the board, and we're not even looking at a tiebreaker scenario, just take the best player. Or trade is the is that best even player. possible after four players? Are, are you seeing, if you get to five, are, are there four players? that are so far and away better than the rest of the group where you'd say, oh, yeah, Kachuk's the obvious pick here. The, the one thing I look at in this draft, there's some really good right-handed defensemen in this draft Yeah, near the top. top that's 10 a, and that's a very premium position for everybody it's right now. It's a really premium There's a glut position. of Adam left-handed Oakland, defensemen. If he's available. A lot of left-handed defensemen in the league right now. Oversaturated with left-handed defensemen. It's just left-handed shots in general in the NHL. It's amazing to me how – and somebody explained this to me why – I, I'm not going to try and give you the explanation because I don't have it completely correct, but a lot of uh, there's a lot more right-handed people in the NHL. Yes, but there's a lot more left-handed shots in the NHL, and I guess in Canada you are essentially that's just if you do the if you break down the uh, the numbers, many of them are from Canada. It's something about the way they shoot when they first start, like where, where you have your dominant hand on the top of the stick as opposed to further down the stick. It's very it's very strange that there's that many left-handed shots. Yeah. That are right-handed people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what what they're thinking. Obviously, I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. But I, I keep coming back to that line: premium positions. Wing is not a premium position. In fact, no. it's the lowest of, yep. of the positions. Dave Tippett <laughs> doesn't look like he's going to be coaching this. Nope. Year. Is the that? Rangers aren't going to hire him. No. 
Or is there not going to be any more openings? I guess there really isn't. No, that's the last one, yeah. isn't it? So at this point, okay, let's play this out. Seattle gets their team in 2021. Is that right? Yes. So if Tippett's not going to coach at the start of 1819, either either some amazing job opens up some underachieving team, which is always through possible. The season. It is the NHL. I mean, yeah. we didn't see it this year, but it's been a very common which occurrence. It makes you think it's almost certain that it's going to happen next yeah. year, right? Yeah. So maybe you know maybe that's what happens. Maybe some team that has talent is underachieving, and Dave Tippett steps in, and, and that's a, actually a pretty good spot to be in in the NHL when you make a change midseason and it helps you as opposed to the other sports. But if he goes all of this upcoming season without mm-hmm. a job at that point, why wouldn't he just wait one more year and take the Seattle job if it's if, available? If it's available, right? Yeah. Would, would, which would be hysterical because of the narrative around Dave Tippett that he doesn't know how to develop young players. Yeah, right? yeah. So here he is moving into well that ultimate situation. By the way, his oldest daughter and grandkids are in the Seattle area. In an area they'd be very interested in living. With the, the salary cap uh, helping expansion teams now more than ever, uh, you can just step in and not even have to coach young players, See, that's, right? That's the other yeah. thing. The NHL is going to rig it so he can win the cup yeah. first year. So. <laughs> Boy, are Seattle fans going to be very, very disappointed. Oh, yes. yeah. Boy, are they going to be disappointed. Yeah. There's really, they're the, the big losers in all this. There's no way that team does what Vegas yeah. did this year. This act. No way. And uh, is it Alex Leone? He was the Yale goalie a couple years ago. I remember him from Yale. He was good. Really good last night. Yeah. 94 saves in a win for That's Lehigh insane. Valley. That's <laughs> four save win. So in a four, win. Four overtimes? Five. Five overtimes. Yep. Two and to one win. win. And a win. Of course. Um, well, well, not, not of course. course but can, I was, imagine, yeah. can you imagine losing the game? The, the record for I mean, most... 94 saves and lost. What's the record for most saves is uh, Michael Layton, who I think was also with the Flyers affiliate. He made 98 saves like 10 years ago and lost. Has he made 98 saves since? Total? Yeah. Combined? (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair question. And I don't have the answer. Probably not. I thought that Patrick Kane sucked the life out of his career with that goal in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final. The the goal that no one knew was a goal. (laughs) The most anticlimactic end to a Cup Final that I can remember. Oh, what what is it? The lifting lifting up of a 49-year streak, and I didn't even know what had happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like two guys on the ice knew. So frustrating. Well, either way, though, you'll take it. I'll take it. As, as opposed to the alternative, which is right now. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> so that's twice. Yep. That no, I, you can't was, mention it tonight. That was at least four times, Gift really, over the course of the show. After that line. Uh, all right. So we are all taking Tampa and whoever wins tonight yes. in the Stanley Cup. Yes. yes. Hopefully people could hear this podcast. I'm sitting nowhere near the microphone because I don't know where it is with that in mind. For Craig Morgan, for Jamie Eisner, for for leftovers, as long as he hasn't uh, broken everything behind me. I'm Luke Lipinski. What do you got, Craig? The Natty Hattie. Oh, I never got, got it. Yeah, about that. Natty Hattie. Outro. Better late than never. All right.